Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own I, I'm not called to chart my own course I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it I'm called to follow him I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with the Holy Savior I'm called to let his mind be formed in me his life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Run from those that are picking your pocket in the name of Jesus. Run! Run from churches where men and not Christ are glorified. Run! Run from those who preach division between races and cultures. Run! Run from preachers that stand and tell stories and jokes. Run like you've never run before. I am going... Oh, I'm sorry. This is Tom Richardson. This is the Removing Confusion podcast. And it is getting late, I dare say, into the month of July 2023. Today is the 24th. This summer is breezing by for those of us who live in the wonderful world of the North here in North America, although we are blessed to be in a nation that still has some rights. <clears throat> Friends, I want to talk about something today that is so serious. And it doesn't get in ta- it doesn't it doesn't get taken very serious by a lot of church people or denominations. It doesn't get handled with very much uh, broken heartedness, but I guarantee it breaks the heart of God. That is a simple thing that, that we're going to speak about, and it's called backsliding. Now, I'm 
formulating as I go in my mind because there's so much that goes into this subject. And uh, it it's going to be one of those where, you know, we can examine ourselves, as Paul said, and make sure that we are still in faith. Uh, we will have to re re step back into ourselves as well, do some discernment to see if those around us are still in the faith. Now, we're not here to judge them by what works they may do, but we do know that there will be a abundance of fruit, or at least some fruit, that comes from the life of one who has met the risen Jesus. We are going to look at a lot of things and a lot of scripture. You may want to go back over and listen just to the scripture parts to uh, kind of formulate in your own mind where this thing stands. I'm not going to knock on any particular person. There's so, that's so easy at times. And I'm not going to belittle any pers- any denomination by name. But I want you to really think. This is eternity. This is your life going forward after this life. You know, we don't give that life much thought sometimes, unfortunately. But it should. It should get a lot of thought. I put together, like I say, a lot of scripture that we're going to cover. I want to play a song. I don't I haven't done this for a long time, but this song has really been haunting me. And it's by a guy by the name of Stephen Curtis Chapman. And it's called For the Sake of the Call. It's an older song. Uh, this This particular version is just him with an acoustic guitar which i think is very you know you you lose all the strings and all the other things and you just get the bare bones of it and the idea that i had when i uh, i re-listened over the last few days to this song is you know people look at callings and they say well that guy's called and that that lady's called look if you're saved if Christ has manifested himself to you, like I said, in a very real way. You have received a call on your life. It's not a call for pew-sitting. It's not a call to walk about and say, well, I, I believe in Jesus. It is a calling on your life to do the best you can to live that life for the risen Savior. So let's listen to this song while I, again, I guess I better pray and, and do some, uh, uh, I've got a couple other things I want to, I want to pull out. So let's just go ahead and, and let Stephen do a little song preaching.
nobody stood and applauded them. So they knew from the start this road would not lead to fame. All they really knew for sure was Jesus had called to them. He said, "Come, follow me," and they came. Reckless abandon, they came. Empty nets lying there at the water's edge. Told a story that few could believe and none could explain. How some crazy fishermen agreed to go where Jesus. Led, with no thought for what they would gain, for Jesus had called them by name, and they answered, "We will abandon it all for the sake of the call." Because he has called us to go.
sake of the Such a good song. I need to stop this before it goes crazy on me. Hold tight. There we go. <clears throat> that was straight off the old Spotify, and that's how they like it. And we give them credit for putting up there some good music, along with all the other junk that's out there. Did I say that out loud? Spotify, everything's great. No, I'm not going to lie. Not everything is. A lot of it is junk. There's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff on Spotify. I don't get paid to say that, but they do carry. Uh, they are the carrier of this podcast and many others, like Joel Rogan and a few other of the guys that are trying to catch up with me. They got a long way to go. I only jest. Now, to the seriousness of this subject, it is very serious. We have had people, and we probably all at one point or another have had a slipping in our Christian walk because it happens. You know, the world is a very enticing place. There's everything out there that Eve saw when she looked at that piece of fruit clear back in Genesis. It was enticing to her eyes. It looked good to eat for you the flesh. And then, of course, you gain the whole world because you become like God. And the world does that. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the abundant pride of life, as it says in the New American Standard Version. People have fallen away from Christianity, backslidden, whatever you want to call it, because they start to feel like I'm missing out. I really want to watch the last of the Halloween movies. Not necessarily backslide to do that, but if you can sit and watch the whole thing, you might want to question yourself. I can remember myself as a lost and lonely sinner back in the day when I saw the first one, and I saw the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighteenth, and now I can't do it. It's the the cursing, the killing, the ugh. because it's disgusting. The world, in its on in all of its glitz and glamour, is disgusting. Better you be a poor beggar on the street with Jesus filling your entire being, excuse me, than to be a rich man with millions and millions of dollars. Now, some will say, well, that's crazy talk. God wants us to be rich. Yeah, if you listen to those idiots out there that want you to fall for their gimmicks and buy their little bottles of holy water or whatever. Most of them haven't even front slid, so let's just leave it at that. 
there's a lot of scripture today, like I said before. And I want to I want to draw an equation while I'm at it that uh, is really hurtful in a way to the heart, but it fits pretty well. If you have a Bible or if you want to or if you're going to listen to this in the car, don't do that, but later on you can go over some of these scriptures. Go back and listen to this thing again if you want. Luke 17:32 says, and Jesus, you know, this is this is a really this is another very short uh very short verse of scripture. Remember Lot's wife. Oh. She was saved from the fire of Sodom taken by the hand it says by the angels that led the four of them out lot his two daughters and his wife they would have perished in the hailstorm of fire and brimstone that created what we believe to be the dead sea to this day Sodom Gomorrah and the cities on the plain were no more they were wiped out by God not by some you know anomaly it was wiped out by God he gave them an option he sent angels to them to warn them and say look we're going to take you out of here but you cannot look back notice that you cannot look back. We're, that's going to be a, a focal point here at the beginning of our teaching today about looking back. Once you've been saved, you have no need to turn around and see what's going on behind you. Just don't do it. She did. What happened? Oh, you know, she was given grace and, you know, uh, where, where sin is, grace abounds, blah, blah, blah. No. There was a sentence of death put on looking back. God said, I don't even want you to see what I'm going to do. If you turn around and look back, you'll turn into a pillar of salt. She did. That's why it said, Jesus said this in Luke 17.32. Remember Lot's wife. Because she is a picture for you, Christian, to take and remind you that looking back is going to cost you something. In her case, it cost her everything. I would venture to say that if you could talk to Lot's wife today, and I, I would imagine she did not make it to the glory of life's other side, as they say, she would regret that one act of disobedience. Backsliding is an act to me of disobedience. Now, a we will sin. We know this. We slip. 
in sin now and then. Our mouth gets ahead of us typically. That's where my problem comes in. I tell people that all the time. Your eyes might pull your gaze to something that they should not, but you repent of it. You ask God for forgiveness, first of all. Forgive me for that. Lord, give me the strength. Holy Spirit within me, you know, be unctioned against looking again at whatever that was. Stay away. Lot's wife, Jesus said, remember her. Luke 9 Luke 9, we've gone backwards in the book of Luke right now. Luke 9, the very last verse in this very long chapter is Luke 9, 62. Now what has happened is people are coming to Jesus and they say, and this says, and we'll look at 61. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. That doesn't sound like much to ask. But Jesus said to him, no. <laughs> Actually, he said, no man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, now you see what I mean when I say backsliding is not a joke. Backsliding is not folly. Backsliding is not something that we just brush off as, well, he just backslid. Some people never front slid. I've I've stole that from a guy, but then I found out he probably stole it from somebody else, or somebody else borrowed it from him. So it's okay. I'm 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 on the up and up on that one. We need to really consider everything that we get into. Like I said, Paul told us. I think it's Second Corinthians chapter eleven. Don't quote me because I didn't look it up. I should know it by heart. Well, I know it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Uh, Paul goes through the, I'm sorry, he goes through the uh, the, the uh, uh, Last Supper and the elements of communion, and he says to examine yourself, to see if you're still in the faith. If you have a problem with somebody, you fix it before you take of the cup, take of the bread, specifically a brother. Proverbs 25 goes with uh, 2 Peter. Peter actually quotes Proverbs 26, I'm sorry, 26.11. Peter says in uh, 2 Peter 2.21, sorry, I'm really having a hard time today. That's just too bad. 2.22, sorry, Second Peter 2.22. But it, ha- but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is returned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed 
to her wallowing in the mire. So you you can take a you can take a blatant sinner and you can get them what we would call saved. They've said the prayer, they've been to the altar, they've been anointed by the preacher, whatever whatever your tenets of salvation may be. But yet, like the washed piggy and the dog that throws up, they sooner or later, without the proper guidance, that's the thing, discipleship is lost. Jesus took three years or three and a half with his disciples showing them everything, teaching them as much as he could, giving them examples to live by. Rabbis were extremely good at what they did. They taught them how to eat, which, which hand to use, you know, what, what you eat for. I mean, they went, some of them went to some grave detail in their teaching. But can you imagine being taught by the master himself and then falling away? Well, one did, didn't he? And people say, well, Judas was never saved. But how can that be? He was a partaker of Jesus' ministry. Oh, that's not in there. It's in Acts chapter 2, I believe. And I didn't plan on that one either, so I'm trying to spin through my Bible real quick. Yeah, the cloven tongues of fire. Which everybody gets mad at me when I talk about that anymore. <clears throat> but there is a spot here where Peter says that there's that one. And he has gone to his own place, having had a part of, of this ministry. I don't want to look that I want to go through all that. I will try to clarify that as we go. Um, like I say, I'm sorry. That was one of the scriptures I did not put aside to show, but Judas had a part in Jesus ministry. He went out with the 70 say, uh, touching lives, raising the dead, all the other things, telling the demons to get lost. And yet he turned his back on the Lord and betrayed him for 20, 30 pieces of silver. So remember Lot's wife and a dog that returns to his vomit. They're not fit. When you take your hand onto the plow and look back, Jesus says you're not even fit for the kingdom of God. That is a statement you don't hear from the pulpit too often we want to encourage people to just you know stay where they are you don't need too many more fire brands like me out there and a few of my friends that are not afraid to speak the unwavering truth of god's gospel Now the just live by faith, it says in Hebrews 10 and 38. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's God speaking. God's soul shall have no pleasure in him. 
if any man draw back. You know, when you read the book of Galatians, you find a church that was falling back into Judaism, going back under the law. Paul told them, well, who has bewitched you? That you know the truth, and now you're going back to the, the law. The law is there for a reason. The law is there to show sinners just how bad they are. I encourage you to look up Ray Comfort on YouTube. Listen to his sermon called Hell's Best Kept Secret. It is class A number one evangelism. His his type of evangelism is to use the law to show folks just how bad they are when compared to a holy God. Ray Comfort, hell's best kept secret. Second Timothy 4.10 says, this is Paul writing to Timothy, he says, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescent to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Now, uh, Crescent, I think, and, and Titus, they were good guys. But Demas gave up. Demas gave, left Paul. The apostle Paul. Why? Perhaps he was one of those that was offended by the persecution that came upon them. Maybe he couldn't handle what was real. See, when, when, when you really become on fire for God, you're going to get persecuted. You're going to get, you're going to get afflicted either a physically in many parts of this world, other than where I'm sitting and maybe parts of Europe, you, you know, and even there it's starting to get funky because all the Muslims are there, but you're going to get afflicted spiritually, personally, physically. Because people hate the gospel. People hate Jesus. He said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And they still hate him. The Muslims call it, they, they have a Jesus, but he's a Jesus who shows up later and tells all the Christians that they were wrong and you need to convert to Muslimism and break all your crosses. That's their Jesus. So don't let a Muslim say, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, because they believe in a totally different one. Paul warned the Galatians as well. If even an angel of God would come and preach another message, let him be accursed, or another gospel. There are a lot of people out there that call themselves ministers. They are not. Well, they are. Is it any wonder that Satan's ministers can appear as angels of light? Men with a false message who live a completely different lifestyle. Or men who come to you and say, it's all right. You said the prayer now. You know, don't worry about it. You're sealed. You're going to heaven. It's all good. I'd ask them to define heaven. 
I'd ask them to tell me about the new heaven and the new earth. Will I be part of that or I'm just going to go to hell and forget about it? Telling you folks, it's scary. The falseness that is going on in churches all across this country. I'm going to say this here in the United States, but all across the world, really Northern Africa, parts of Southern uh, South, South Africa, they were, where, you know, there's a little bit more freedom. There's a lot of crazy people down there. Uh, let's read some more of second Peter two starting verse 20. I, I just used that last one because it fit for the minute, but here we go. Uh, Second Peter 2, verse 20 and 21. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way to right, of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog turns back to his vomit and the pig back to her mire. There's a lot in there. But these people have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but they're again entangled in the pollutions of the world and overcome the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Don't let the world entice you back in. Hey, all things in moderation. I've heard that all my life. And I, I thought, well, that's okay. That sounds good. God doesn't want us to, you know, go out and get drunk, but it's okay to have a drink, right? So that's moderate. But they throw that word, all things, in front of it. And I don't believe you can find that in the Bible. There is the word moderation, which is not correctly exegeted as they say so if you say all things well then I guess it's okay if I'm moderate in my adultery or my thievery or my lying or my drinking or my whatever keep adding to it every sin that you can think of Can I tell you something? That does not work. You're living with that adage to your life that all things in moderation. The verse that it's ripped from is Philippians 4, verse 5. Let let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So we'll go a little deeper. I didn't I didn't really expect to go here today, but I'm going there. What does that word really mean? We'll dig into the Greek, which again, I'm sure that there's people out there just blah, what is he doing that for? Your moderation is your 
gentleness, your mildness, your fairness, your equitable equitable nature, what seems suitable. Let your moderation be known, your way of life again. First uh, Timothy three and three, not giving to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient. That word patient is the same Greek word they used up above. Not a brawler, not covetous. That's Paul writing Timothy and telling him, these are the earmarks of a good pastor. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle. Again, that same word used for moderation. Let your gentleness and your fairness and your equitable nature be known unto man. Not that you can do all things in moderation. I want to make that very clear, and I want that to sink in so the next time somebody says it to you, you can say, brother, sister, let me, let me explain something to you. You cannot do all things in moderation. Oh, so let me curse God's name in moderation. I'll just be moderate about it. No. You can't do that unless you like fire and not what I mean for your barbecue. It'll be you being barbecued. But you can't say that. I'm a Christian. I just made a mistake. You better you better fix that one. <clears throat> Philippians 3 and 2. We're going to go into something here that it's kind of... I. When I started looking at things, especially in this realm, um, I like pictures. I like uh, how the scripture can layer itself on top of each other. Well, let's first, let's go to the Old Testament. I have these written out on a piece of paper, so it made it easy for me. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Now, you know, and the literalist would say, oh, I don't like to sleep. I'm a worker. I work, 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 work. Six days a week, I work. And then on seventh, I go to church, and I blah, blah, blah. That ain't the kind of work they're talking about. Although it's good to work. It's good to get your hands dirty. It's good to get out there and and plow the field or whatever it may be. Work at trying to dig into the scriptures. These people, these watchmen, these we'll just call them pastors, but they're actually, these are men that were there, and that's what it means. Anyway, men who would sit and watch for the enemy to come and, and sound the horn, the trumpet. But the, the watchmen that are that are not, this is Isaiah 56.10, if I didn't tell you, sorry. Isaiah 56.10, his watchmen are blind. They're ignorant. They're dumb dogs. I want you to pivot right into the dog thing. Isaiah 56.11, yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. And they are shepherds that cannot understand they all look to their own way, every one for his gain. How many people do you know that stand in a pulpit somewhere 
And it doesn't have to be the gain of money. They like the gain of fame, even if it's small. Look at me. Look what I've done. This used to be nowhere. Now it's a thriving church. This used to be, I used to be a reprobate. Now I'm a born-again, blood-washed, sinning Christian. Excuse me. Look, not everybody's what they appear to be. Again, discernment, Christian. Have you grown up a little bit? I hope if you've been listening to me for a while, as I've really dived into the Bible a lot lately, got away from the news. I don't care about the news that much anymore. I still want to know what's going on, as it may have something to do with the Bible and prophecy. I want to know when they start building that temple over in Israel. That's a big deal. But let's get back to this. Dogs. They are dumb dogs. They can't even bark. They're just sleeping. They're not really studying scripture. They're just bringing a message that they wrote 40 years ago or, or they steal it from the internet or you know, hey, this looks good. I'll do that. And, you know, they go into jokes. No, that's why that clip at the beginning of them, I don't care if it makes you mad. It should. If you're sitting in a church where all you hear are jokes and stories, you're in the wrong place. That's not what church is. Churches should be exposition of Scripture, line on line, precept on precept. The saints should walk out encouraged, emboldened and ready for battle. I see most of them walk. I don't know. They only know what's going on. They, 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 oh, (laughs) he told a good one. J James chapter one, verse eight, a double manned mind is unstable in all his ways. It's always a man, double minded person. You're unstable. If one day you're this way and the next day you're that, oh, it's Sunday I'm going to church, and then Monday you go to hell. That's what the old saying was, church on Sunday, hell on Monday. You're a double-minded man. You are probably going there anyway, not just on Monday, but every day of the week for eternity. I say that not to be funny. I say that not to sound crass or bold or brash. We need to live our lives every day like you're sitting in church. Facebook, Facebook people, listen to me. You and your wives, whoever they may be, girlfriends, sisters, or daughters, husbands, and whatnot, I want you to hear this and hear this very plainly. If you call yourself a Christian, and you know that right there. Some people will say, "Well, I guess I won't call myself a Christian because he's too judgmental." But if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a follower of Christ, when you post on the Facebook, it better not be peppered with all kinds of invective, expletives, and even the big one, "f you." I've heard. I just can't believe that. That shouldn't even be allowed. You know, it should be a a, a, a a G-rated social platform or something. 
kids are there looking at this. Think about this. I won't post anything on Facebook that I cannot say in church. I'll repeat that for those of you that are slow today. This is Tom speaking. This is my rule of thumb, and I believe it's inspiration of the Holy Ghost. doesn't mean it's scripture, okay? But I will not post anything on Facebook that I cannot say in church. Well, that's just Bible. Well, well that's good, isn't it? No, there's other things. You know, you can, you know, hey, some people tell funny stories about what they've done to themselves. That's fine. They keep it clean. Keep it clean. You call yourself a Christian? You live in a Christian home? Act like it. Everywhere. God sees it all. He hears it all. He hears it when you say it in the halls at work. When you're standing out having your smoke break that you probably shouldn't be having. When you're sitting there eating lunch with your cohorts. Or when you're sitting there drinking beer at the bar on a hot Saturday afternoon. And your mouth is like a toilet. (laughs) Toilet. That's like Archie Bunker. Toilet. Think about that. That's how gross it sounds to my ears when I hear all that cussing carrying on. I know people that do it. But I, I don't like it. I don't castigate them right there and then. I've probably already talked to the ones I know about it. They keep doing it. But let me say, again, if I can't say it in church, I'm not going to post it on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. I don't do all those. I I do have a Twitter account. Because it's dogs and vomit. You're a dog barfing up a bunch of garbage and then eating it. And I know dogs do it because I got two dogs and I've seen them both do it. It is not a pleasant sight. You get away from there and they just go to it anyway. Anybody that has a pooch knows what I'm talking about. For they have escaped those pollutions of the world through the knowledge of Jesus and went right back to them again. Second Peter 2.20. Let's get back on this subject of dogs. Dogs to me became this thing where it's a picture of a backslider. Now, in the uh, Jewish belief system, the law and all, dogs are considered an unclean animal, probably because they eat their own vomit and anything else they can get their hands on. So when I, when I started looking at this, I was like, there is a lot of stuff that pops up about dogs. <laughs> yes, there is. Now, some of it, it's just dogs. You know, just dogs. The dogs that ate Jezebel. You know, they wouldn't even eat her hands or her feet or her skull. There's some thought to that. I may have brought that up at one other point. But when you start looking at dogs, it was Second Peter chapter 2.22 that told me that there's, a, there's definitely a crossover between dogs and backsliding. Dogs and backsliding. 
Philippians 3, 2, beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the concision. I've used that verse before. Uh, all these all these scriptures in the Greek, they use the word kayun or kayun or something like that. It's the Greek word. And it, when you look at it, like cur, you know, dog. It means dog. But, you know, in the spiritual sense of this, beware of those who have backslidden. They're going to pull you down with them. Because they'll, they'll quote all the once saved, always saved verses that they've heard. Once saved, always saved. Can't lose your salvation. But you're bewared. You've been warned about them. Now, you know, when you work in a situation with people who have backslidden, you have a choice. You're stuck with them. But you try to get them to refront slide. Get out of your fallen state before it's too late. People can fall away from God, get into a backslidden state to the point where they can't come out. Romans 1. They've taken on the delusion. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. God says, I will send them a great delusion that they'll believe a lie. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the concision. That's uh, Philippians 3. Get the context of that real quick before I go to my my wrap-up. I'm going to read a couple of these verses that go with us. The goal of life, Philippians 3, 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same thing... Uh, I'm sorry. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same thing to you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you is safe. It is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. That means people that will just cut you to shreds. And you'll have the concision right there sitting in the pew by you. Not by you, but around you. You say the wrong thing from a pulpit. You say something they don't agree with. They will cut you apart. For we are the circumcision, circumcision of the heart, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Jesus Christ and have the confidence in the flesh. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. And Paul goes into his pedigree of being circumcised the eighth day, being the stock of Israel. You know, he's big shot. He was a tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching of the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is the law blameless, which is in the law blameless. What things were gained to me, those things I count as loss for Christ. He went through all that to tell you just how how where he was on a he was on a trajectory. He was trained by a guy by the name of Gamaliel who was like thirty fifth in line from Moses on the mountain. This is a guy who knew the law. And if you want to read about Gamaliel, he's in I think it Acts chapter five. They mention him. 
Yea, doubtless, he says in Philippians 3, 8, and I count all things that all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Paul gave up everything. He he gave up all. He says it. Loss of I've suffered the loss of all things. Home, camel, whatever, all that pedigree that he had that he could be so proud of at one point as he went about to persecute the church of Christ. He gave it all up because he didn't want to fall into that category of a dog that has turned back around and gone back after his vomit, the vomit of the world. I know that sounds gross, but that's okay. Punches it in there for you. That's a proverb. We read that from the Proverbs 26.11. Solomon wrote about See, people say, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, well, it's in the New Testament too, isn't it? Don't fall into that either. That'll get you to backslide because they'll tell you you're not under the law. I've told you before. I've told church people before. You are in a certain way. Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. In these two commandments hang all law and the prophets. Something to that degree. What does that mean? Well, it means you just swore yourself to the Ten Commandments. I will not have any other gods before God. I will, I, I, I will keep the Sabbath holy. I will, you know, and not the Sabbath, but, you know, the day of worship holy. I will not set up idols. I will not use his name in vain. I will not act as a Christian in vain. Love my neighbor. I won't adulterate his wife. I won't go after his possessions. I won't lie, cheat, or steal. See? Two commandments Jesus gave us that put us right there where we want to follow the 10 original ones again we can't do it we'll always mess up that is where grace comes in but if you really sit and think about it what have you been called to you haven't been called to go do your own thing you know you said a prayer for with somebody street preacher or preacher in a church big billy graham crusade whatever it may be Oh, people, they, oh, you invoke the name of Graham. I don't care. Okay, how about Greg Laurie, a whole bunch of other noodle Myers out there that go around having these huge crusades. I would love once to have one. Because they would get what they're getting today. Shot between the eyes. The scripture, yeah, and that's why you won't see guys like me. I'm lucky to preach in a church. I, I, Leonard Ravenhill said one time, <laughs> wonderful little guy, I preaches in a lot of churches, comma, once. They don't ask him back. Why? Because he taught about sin. He taught about pure, pure living. He talked about holy living up to a holy God. 
he talked about repentance and redemption. When a man goes to those degrees and tries to get people to understand the step that they've made to follow Christ, they have to understand that we are to follow him, emulate him, imitate him to the best of our sinful abilities, not just, I'm a Christian. So you can become part of the 98% or 89 or whatever it is out of 69. It's probably less than that now. Because you don't want to be an atheist. I'm a Christian. That way I'm not an atheist. (laughs) Uh, Some people have said that I can't be an atheist. I don't have that kind of faith. Anyway. Philippians 3, 2, beware of the dogs. But that has happened to them. The proverb, the dog has turned again to his vomit. Here's the one that kind of sealed all it for me. I started reading different things. Somebody had me in Revelation. Revelation 22, verse number 15. You're getting close to the end of the book there, you know. That is the last chapter, and you're two-thirds away the uh, last chapter when this verse shows up. Outside the city outside the city is uh, something that's kind of telling. I wanted to pull up the whole thing. I have one verse of scripture that I'm going to read, of course. But this is God, or this is Jesus in 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 the in the you know the river of life and the or I'm sorry the 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 water the pure water of life clear as crystal you know proceeding out of the throne of God and there's the 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 uh, tree of life which bears twelve manners of fruit yielding a different fruit I guess every month. There will be no more curse on the ground. They shall see his face. His name shall be in their foreheads. That means you'll never forget his name. There won't be any night there. They need no candle because the Lord God giveth them light. and They shall reign forever and ever. This is the city of God. I believe this would be New Jerusalem that has come down. And you cruise on down here a little bit. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. See, there's the city. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega in 22.13, the beginning, the end, the first, the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and they may enter in the gates of the city. For without, outside, are the dogs. Sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Now, outside that city, you're in hell. That's the way I look at it because if you go back to 
uh, about one one chapter and read at verse eight, all liars go to hell. But here we have those poor dogs again. What are they? In my mind, backsliders. Backsliding is serious, folks. It's not just a a, a oh a passing women fancy that one one day you just kind of fell away for a moment. It's serious business. If you have backslidden, get right with God. Repent. I'm sorry. Confess your sins. Repent of your sins. Walk away from those idols. Leave them lay where they are. Get away from as far as you can go. Follow Christ. Follow his example. Grab a hold of his coattails and let him drag you if he has to. Be like the angels with Lot. Get going and don't look back. Remember Luke 9.62. I got it on my paper here. Jesus said unto him, No man having his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. We have work to do. That should keep us busy enough that we don't have time for backsliding. Stay away from those things that are going to drag you down. You know what they are. Don't don't mess with them. Backsliding is serious. It has a consequence. A serious consequence. You'll have people who tell you he doesn't know what he's talking about. But I I I adjure you to get in your Bible. Get on blueletterbible.org. Just type in the words if you want to. Dog, whatever. Backslider. No, no, backslider. They'll say it's not even in the Bible. It is. It's like Jeremiah chapter 2. Talks about backsliding. I didn't even put that in. Because I wanted to put this picture together at the end of being being aware of the dogs. They'll, they'll try to pull you down okay come on over you can't lose your salvation do whatever you want but they're going to be outside for without the walls outside the city are the dogs the sorcerers the whoremongers the dopers the whoremongers those that, that love that adultery and love that pornography murderers and idolaters, every, all these people that put another thing in front of God. This is more important than God in their life. Sorry, I'm really dry today. So, folks, I pray that this has some help to you. I pray that somehow or another there's there's healing here. It's not to be a uh, a put down or a bust in the head but just a wake up call you're a child of the king act like it until next time Tom Richardson with the Removing Confusion podcast it's been a pleasure to be with you it's been a while I'll try to keep up a little bit better